never seen a butt pump before, man. But I'm sure, you know, you know, Trent is very, like, he's very smart, you know, like, um, so for him just to come to the sideline, you know, take ownership and all of that, you know, says exactly, you know, what kind of player he is, you know, so he's going to go into the film room, he's going to correct it, you know, and next time he's going to catch it with his butt cheeks because he got strong butt cheeks. <laughs> Thanks, Tyreek. We're all about strong butts over here at the Fantasy Injury Team. Welcome back, everybody, to our podcast. It is already week four in the NFL. We have so much to talk about today. I am your host, Joe D'Amico. With me always are my good friends, doctors of physical therapy. We've got Tom Christ and Sam Webb. Boys, how we doing? Favorite night of the week, Wednesday night, baby. Wednesday night madness. Let's have some fun. Great. What's going on, boys? Let's do it. Well, I guess Sunday is really my favorite night or day of the week. I don't know. The podcast is always a, always a blast, though, preparing for it and looking at how long Tom's hair has gotten and how little sleep I've gotten and Sam trying to figure out technology. It's on growing in nicely. Oh, yeah, always <laughs> struggling over here. Feel like the I'm flow 90 looks years great. old. Flow looks great, Tom and Sam. Uh, we're getting it. We're figuring it out. Um, all right, fellas. Giants lost a rough one on Monday night. We'll see if I can do the math this week. We're uh, we're two and one now. Uh, birds, listen, hate to say it, look unstoppable, baby. They look dangerous. It's actually concerning to us Philadelphia fans because it's it's too too much too soon. Almost too good, man. I got a little future bet in on Hertz for the MVP, and uh, we'll see how that goes. He looks damn good. Their defense, man. Their corners, everything looks really good. And Pats, uh, the Pats get it done. Didn't they win without Mac? Or, or with him banged up at least, right? They did not do very well. Oh, no. no, they didn't. That's right. Okay. The paths that I, I wrote are going to be without Max. So me and Sam struggling a little bit this week as Tom gets to be happy again and, and always smiles on the show for him. So, all right. So we got a, we got an awesome show today, guys. We got a bunch of different things to do. A couple of different little segments here. Just want to talk first about uh, weather and what's going on, uh, unfortunately, really tragically down in Florida and in the Gulf Coast with Hurricane Ian. So our hearts on the show and our prayers definitely go out to anybody impacted by it. And listen, although fantasy football is exponentially less important than the lives and what's going on there, we did want to bring it up because it is definitely going to, in some way, affect the games on Sunday. Uh, we are expecting some weather up the East Coast. So I'm urging you guys, listen, right? You're listening to this podcast because you love fantasy football and you want to get an upper hand on your opponent, right? If you're 50-50 between starting a player, you know, you're going back and forth, check those weather reports, right? You can use that as a deciding factor. And I had a friend a couple of years ago who did a bunch of research on it. And believe it or not, rain doesn't really affect or impact over-unders or even player totals that much. Teams usually push a little bit more towards the run. But what you guys should be looking for this weekend, and Tom, maybe we can uh, acquire a weatherman for the fit team. We'll, we'll get that going. But what you guys should be looking for is wind because wind has a severe impact on game over-unders, obviously on the passing game. So pay attention to that. Listen, you're seeing 30, 35-mile-an-hour winds in a game. You should probably stay away from playing receivers in that game, go for running backs, look for the rain, but wind is definitely going to be a big factor. Um, how do you feel about uh, about hiring, Tom? What, what are our thoughts here? Well, yeah, if you're a meteorologist out there and you love fantasy football, uh, send us a send us a DM to, on our Twitter. I'm still waiting on the DM from the guy from Iceland who's watching or listening to our show. We're, we're going to hopefully get a couple DMs soon, but okay. All right, before we I, start, Iceland or, or really anybody from not the North North America, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, just just getting our DMs. Hey, I'm from Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from somewhere else and I'm listening to your show. All right. So before we start today, um, I have a little something on, on my chest here that has been uh, building up for a couple weeks here. And it's going to be my monologue. I don't know what we're going to call it. I don't even know if it's going to be a regular segment, but I got a couple things just to talk about here. And, and Sam and Tom, you could feel free to jump in. A um, little frustration building. I did have a decent week in fantasy. Actually, I had a really good week. This week I was six and one. Um, which is really nice. Doesn't always wind up like that. But sometimes as I sit and watch football, I get so absurdly frustrated. And of course, I'm going to start by saying this, right? I'm a high school teacher, right? I know nothing compared to NFL coaches and coordinators and players. They know so much more than I do, but I have to address the issue of playing time in the NFL, okay? This is not just for fantasy. I'm not just saying this because I have these guys in fantasy. I have one of them that I'm going to talk about. 
but it's for real teams. It's for their real performance and wanting to win. I don't know what we're going to call this. If it's even going to be a segment, my it's like from family guy, what, what really grinds my gears or, or my shit list, or I don't know what you want to call it, but this is, this is, these are a couple of my thoughts here that I have to uh, discuss. So starts with this. Okay. Why do teams not play their best players or get them involved as much as possible, right? You want to win games, right? Let's take a look at the Panthers, okay? They're one and two. Baker Mayfield looks horrendous. I'm going to go look up synonyms for the word horrendous and put them all over the place because he cannot look worse, right? You got DJ Moore, and of course, this is a guy I have on my team. One catch for two yards last week. A dude you signed to a three-year extension for $61 million has one catch for two yards, right? CMC, you know, consensus first or second pick. He ran the ball pretty well, only had four targets and two catches for seven yards. Listen, DJ Moore and CMC are prolific pass catchers. Guys, I can't believe I'm saying this. Bring somebody else in. Bring PG, bring in PJ Walker. Darnold, I don't know if he's hurt. Baker, you're literally on TV commercials where you live in a football stadium, for God's sake. Figure it out, man. Figure it out. Baker Mayfield, because you're killing me every single week. You'd think he'd be comfortable on the football field since he lives there. Every time I turn the TV on, I'm seeing Baker Mayfield. What is it? Progressive commercials. He lives in a stadium and then I'm watching football games and he's throwing the ball 30 yards over DJ Moore's head. It's pissing me off. Figure out a way to get these guys the ball. Okay. I got a couple more. I'll keep it rolling. The Cowboys. Maybe I'm real salty because they beat my Giants, but my God, they are stuck in the past. And it freaking hurts to watch it, okay? You got Zeke, right? Averaging, okay, 4.5 yards per carry on 40 attempts this year, okay? And ready for this, stat, boys? He's averaging minus 1.7 yards per reception. Minus 1.7 yards per reception. That's the wrong direction. Yeah, that's not very good. Yeah. Um, he's 27. The guy's been the same player, I'm convinced, for three years. You hand Zeke the ball. He runs between the tackles. He gets three yards, pushes a pile forward. He'll score a touchdown once every three games. Make believe he's eating soup or cereal or something aggressive out of a bowl. That's the same player that Zeke's been. He's 27 years old. And then on the other side, you got Pollard, right? Pollard's averaging 5.6 yards a carry. Zeke has 40 attempts. Pollard only 28. Zeke's going backwards. Pollard, 11.5 yards per reception this year, and he's 25 years old, right? Listen, it comes to a point, Pollard's going to be old. I feel like every year we're sitting there waiting, right? Oh, Pollard next year. Oh, let's draft Pollard next year. Let's draft Pollard. Well, guess what? Two years from now, Pollard's going to be the same age as Zeke, right? They would, I feel like they just become such a more dynamic offense with him. And I don't know. It's another team that needs to, maybe I'll call this segment this, figure it out. And I feel like it all goes back to Jerry Jones, man. He's the guy that pulls the strings. I don't know if Kellen Moore or it's Mike McCarthy, but my God, play your best players. Play your best players. I'm almost done, Tom. I know you want to discuss some injuries here, but I got to get this rant off my chest. I'm Keep almost it going. Done. I'm having fun All listening. Right. Oh, I just have so many thoughts, man. This is what I do. Okay. How about the Broncos? Okay. They look like a full-blown joke. I realize they're two and one. I understand that. You bring in Russell Wilson, sign into this huge contract, right? Dude scores 11 points and then, or the dude, the Broncos scored 11 points and 16 the previous week, right? Let, let Russ cook. Let him cook. I don't know what the hell is he cooking? Uh, a peanut butter and jelly, a burnt steak. I don't know what he's cooking. It's not good, right? Broncos, let's ride. Okay, ride where? Ride to Russell Wilson being QB 23 right now. He can ride to my bench for all I care. He looks horrific, okay? Another thing with that team, and you could already predict where this is going, figure it out, Nathaniel Hackett, you got Javante Williams. 4.8 yards per carry on 37 attempts. How many touchdowns this year for Javante? None. Zero, right? Is that how you encourage a young player who's in his prime right now? I mean, you have to give this guy a chance. So he averages 4.8 yards per carry. You got Melvin Gordon, who, by the way, looked good last year, right? This year, only 3.9 yards a carry. Just about the same amount as attempts, 34. Dude had two fumbles last week, three fumbles on the year, and he gets rewarded with the touchdown, right? They're wasting Javante's prime. I'm pissed. I don't have Javante in a single league, but I need to see this guy. I don't care if Russ cooks. I want to see Javante cook, and I'm sick of them wasting it. Figure it out. 
Nathaniel Hackett. I think we, we've walked into a name for if I ever do this segment again. I think we should do this segment every week because I'm having a lot of fun. I agree with this one a lot, mostly because I have Javante on two or three teams. And it's you watch the games. He's the only good player on their offense. Corlin Sutton, too. But Sutton's more dependent on Wilson, who's playing terrible. When they give Javante the ball, good things happen. They need to do it more. Dude is so dynamic and elusive. And they just insist on, again, living in in this old era. Melvin Gordon, 29 years old. I mean, my God, hey, give me a break. You got Javante in his prime. Okay, this is my last one here. Then we'll then we'll get to the uh, the, the other parts of our show, boys. I'll let you let you talk. Hope you're having fun out there. How about the Bears? Okay, and I'm a Giants fan saying this. They are the worst two and one team I have ever seen. I never want to watch the Bears play football again. They're playing football in the 1950s. Their wide receivers and tight ends, they might as well not even show up to practice anymore. There's no reason for these guys to attend the games. Darnell Mooney, drop him, get him out. Cole Komet, no reason to have him on your team, right? My one month old daughter fills more diapers per day than the Bears throw per passes per game. I'm not even kidding you. Eight, 10 diapers a day. That's more than Justin Fields throws the ball a game, right? Here's a fun stat for you guys. Justin Fields has the least amount of passing yards for a quarterback through the first three games since 1975. Tom, you know who's president in 1975? Oh, Joe, you're the history teacher. You tell me. Gerald Ford. Guy's been dead for 16 years. Gas was 57 cents. Didn't even know that was a former president. (laughs) Gerald Ford. Nobody has less passing yards, right? I don't understand what's happening with them. And this is not a recipe to win. Yeah, they're two and one now. Their defense is 20th. If you're the first, second, third ranked defense and you're playing this run game, fine. When they get to the playoffs and they start to play good teams, this is not going to get them anywhere. So I say to the Bears, figure it out. Now that I'm out of breath, I think we're ready to go, guys. Man, you're hope pretty you heated fun. there. Hope yeah. you have fun. The I'm Bears are awful. I they are so boring to watch. Justin Fields is not very good. I don't know how they're two and one. I, it blows my mind. Like he can run the ball and he's athletic, but I, they're not giving him a chance to develop. I don't know. I don't understand what their issue is. But okay. Thanks for listening, boys. Uh, let's uh, let's get to our injuries, guys, and let's talk about a whole bunch of players. Sam and Tom do extensive research every week. These guys are the best. And they're going to give us their best right here. So we'll start with the NFC. And uh, like I said, a lot of injuries. Here we are in week four. Let's start with Jameis Winston, Tom. Um, Multiple fractures. Doesn't sound good. Multiple fractures in his lumbar spine. Tom, you put in in his article that uh, he's known for his accuracy, and this might hurt it. Uh, Obviously a a joke there, but (laughs) what do we think of Winston this week? Never throws interceptions. Never. Flip that again, Sam. I love it. (laughs) Well, actually, if the article says he's known for his accuracy. And by that, I mean his accuracy of throwing the ball to the wrong team. That's what the joke was, right? Okay. <laughs> yes. But um, so since he has been playing with this injury, he's averaging only 13.6 points per game and has five interceptions over that two game span. That is not very good at all. We, we talked about how the back injury is going to impact his power and his accuracy. His power has actually looked pretty good, almost too good uh, as he's missing guys way over their head. It's, it's the accuracy that's affecting him more um, more likely with this injury. The good thing is with fractures, the pain usually starts to calm down by about days 7 to 10 after the injury, and he's now past that phase. So as long as he doesn't re-aggravate things, which I know he didn't practice today, but it doesn't sound like there's been any setbacks, he should be starting to get over the pain hump and should start to play a little bit better. So uh, if he's out there, I think he'll have a much better game this week than he's done past two weeks so doing a little bit better i did see your report that dalton was taking some first team reps do we think tom that's just kind of like precautionary and just getting him ready just in case yeah i think they're just resting him um the reports i've read said that they expect him to start um they you know with this type of injury they probably just want to reduce his practice reps totally makes sense so we're firing up michael thomas and olave sounds like and uh hopefully all systems go there in new orleans okay Sam, on to you. Mac Jones looks like he might return this week. I'm not sure if that's right or returns. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of, uh, of Zach Wilson. I'm jumping the show here. He is certainly not returning Mac Jones, um, but he looked pretty bad. That ankle injury did not look good. He was limping. He was in a ton of pain. Um, 
That's your boy too, Sam. What, what do you think his outlook is going forward? Yeah, not too good. Um, <clears throat> as you mentioned, he was definitely in a ton of pain coming off the field. He had to hop off on his other leg. And then I think everybody has probably seen the pictures. He was definitely in a ton of pain. Um, the doctors, I think there was some reports saying that most people with his type of injury would re- require surgery. And my best guess there is that they say that because they're probably surprised that he didn't have a fracture in his leg. Um, because with the fracture, if it was a pretty bad one, obviously he would need, um, like a stabilization surgery right away versus the, if it's just the high ankle sprain, I guess there's a chance that he'll be able to just kind of rehab his ankle and come back potentially sooner than if he were to have, um, the surgery for his high ankle sprain. Okay. And the surgery is what the tightrope procedure <clears throat> Yeah, that's the newer procedure that they've been doing more recently. Uh, Tom has talked about a lot in his uh, injury pages about this. But basically, the, the tightrope procedure is a newer thing where instead of using screws or um, to stabilize the two bones in the shin, they are using like a, a rope-type um, stabilization where it actually is a little bit better because it allows the two bones to kind of separate and come together a little bit more versus the screws are kind of fixed. So they can't, they don't move around as much as the ankle kind of dorsiflexes and plantar flexes. Sounds complicated. Sounds like something I don't want to happen. Who is, this might be a silly question. Who's their backup? Is it Hoyer? No, Brian Hoyer. Yeah. yeah Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. All right. Um, I, I think a, a big setback to their whole offense. I mean, maybe their running game, I mean, I hate to say this as a Damian Harris owner, but Ramondre really started to look like the guy in the running game. He, he played a lot more snaps than Harris did. I think Harris is going to still have his role on the goal line and, and, you know, definitely snag a couple touchdowns here and there. But in terms of their passing game, I don't really know what to expect, guys. Parker, don't start Moore, any Aguilar, of them. Myers, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely yeah, worried know. about it. You know, no, no offense, Sam. I don't think Mac Jones uh, is an elite none, none quarterback, taken. but <laughs> I, I still am, am really concerned about their passing game. Okay. Thank you for that, Sam. So, Tom, how about DeAndre Swift? Um, he's just such a frustrating player, so talented, so efficient, but re-aggravated his ankle. You talked in your article, which is on the fantasyinjuryteam.com, about how it's a high risk of re-injury, so it could be something that lingers all year long. What are your thoughts there on, on DeAndre Swift, Tom? So he's dealing actually with two injuries now. He re-aggravated the ankle that he injured in week one against the Eagles, and he also has a shoulder injury. They're not being too specific about the shoulder injuries. We don't know. Is it an AC joint sprain? Is it um, just a basic glenohumeral ligament sprain? We don't really know. So, but let's start with the ankle. Um, we obviously saw him return in week two from his week one ankle injury. And he only had five to- or seven touches that game. But he still turned that into 15.7 fantasy points. So... Typically, this type of injury with a running back, we see a decline of 2.6 fantasy points in the game that they return. But DeAndre Swift is one of those exceptional players that was able to outdo that. Um, Historically, only 26% of running backs are able to outperform their pre-injury baseline in the first game back. This type of injury is going to impact his quickness and his speed, which is what his game is built on. so if he does play, I would expect that to be limiting him. They've already put him on a snap count from this injury before. I would expect the same, especially with how well Jamal Williams is playing. The shoulder, on the other hand, it's it's hard to make much of it because we don't know exactly what the injury is. But either way, with it being an upper body injury, it's not going to affect his speed, his power, anything like that. The only thing that could potentially be impacted is his ability to reach up to catch the ball. Um, but also it's another thing that they might limit his snap count because of. So if he does play, I, I, I mean, sound Dan Campbell sounds like he doesn't think Swift's going to play this week. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't sound too positive. He wasn't too sure. No, but whenever he does, I would expect another snap count restriction. Okay. And, and his shoulder, is this the type of thing where like one hit can, well, we really don't know. You said it's unspecified, but do you think it's like one of those things where one hit, one real bad hit can kind of dislocated or make it worse is it going to be that type of injury you think i mean i know it's tough but it it is possible it doesn't sound like it's like a labral injury or anything that would be more influential for a dislocation but it could certainly get aggravated again but not to as severe of a case as like a dislocation like we'll talk about in a bit with dalvin cook i wouldn't think 
Fair enough. And to me, I'm, I'm sure you guys agree. I think most of the fantasy community agrees. I think Jamal Williams at this point, if Swift is out, is just simply a must play. I mean, don't expect Swift numbers, but Jamal Williams has been really good. You guys ready for another stat? Stats are what drives the world. So listen, just as we all expected, right? Jamal Williams this year has more rushing touchdowns than Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Rashad Penny, Josh Jacobs, Javante Williams, David Montgomery, Austin Eckler, and Dalvin Cook combined. Jamal Williams, everybody. Amazing. It's the dumbest thing. Like, of course, we nitpicked the stat, and I found guys that haven't been scoring. There's guys like Chubb and Barkley that have some, but my God, I mean, Jamal Williams is is, is looking pretty good and, and taking advantage of his role, and I think he's a must-play, so we'll have to monitor that. Thank you, Tom. All right, Sam, how about, how about Herbert? See if I could say this right this week. A rib cartilage fracture. Did I there get it? There we go. Yeah, attaboy. <laughs> Nailed it. Um. He's toughed it, toughed it out on Sunday. You know, they, I mean, they really didn't look good. The Chargers are one and two. They got smacked by the Jags, but maybe Keenan's come back. But let's talk about Justin Herbert first. Is he recovering? What do you think, Sam? Uh, yeah, this one would be pretty quick. There's not a ton to talk about here. Um, we, we already know that he played last week. He did. He actually didn't do terrible. His completion percentage was down, but his uh, overall like passing yards and attempts and all that. He did fairly well, especially considering he had such a painful injury. Uh, heading into this week, I would expect him to be more recovered from his injury, so he might do a little bit better. That being said, it's still going to be pretty painful, uh, this fresh out from his uh, cartilage injury. So he may still have to take a little bit of um, less ex- lower your expectations for him, and especially like Mike Williams throwing the ball down the field. It's probably not going to be as accurate. Yeah, you nailed it last week. Mike Williams last week had one, I think it was, it definitely was one catch. It might have only been on one target. Thankfully for fantasy managers, it was a touchdown, but you nailed that. I mean, you're usually pretty good at this, Sam. I guess that's why you do it, but uh, hey, I you were right. He, does, he doesn't throw the ball down the field as much. Hopefully we start to see him recovering. Okay. And Mike Mike Williams had six targets, one reception. Oh, he did? Okay, so he did have a little bit more targets. Okay, yeah. so I was mistaken on that, but the one well, you, catch you was... You could see was... Herbert, like, his accuracy was off on a lot of those balls. Like, he just did not look like himself. I think you tweeted that during the game, Tom. I think you said, like, take him out or, or something. Um, well, they had him in there down, like, 28 with not much time left. What the, I, I thought you were going to rant about that, Joe. Okay, that needs to be <laughs> on the figure it out. We're going to have to go back and edit the show, boys. I don't know. I mean, that... That's bad. That's simple coaching. I just, listen, again, I'm sitting here as just this, you know, this diehard football fan and and something seems so obvious to us. Apparently it's not so obvious. Let's 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 have our future of our franchise playing down down 20 something points. My goodness gracious. Okay, Tom, Delvin Cook, um we we just mentioned him. So it's a shoulder dislocation. Appears it's the same one as last season. What's his deal? What's your analysis on Cook? So last season, he had a couple dislocations in the shoulder, and I thought that he would have had surgery um, with a dislocation, almost always the labrum tears. Uh, that's the one of the tissues that holds the arm bone in the shoulder socket. So if the arm bone is way out of the shoulder socket, it's going to tear usually. And typically, you know, you, you can live through this. You can even play through it. Um, Joe, I know you and I both have labrum tears in our shoulders and we function just fine but we're not professional football players debatable that we function just fine but i'm I'm living and okay i guess yeah but anyway (laughs) so um i thought he would have had the surgery over the offseason he didn't so the risk there is there's a very high like re-dislocation risk which obviously we saw this week he's gonna rehab it he's not gonna end the season to get surgery they pop it back in he's going to rehab it he's going to wear a harness and he can play that's and i would not expect his performance to be impacted whatsoever by this the issue is it's very likely to pop out again which could knock him out of the game again and if it keeps dislocating over and over again they they'll, they'll just be like all right get the surgery you're done for the season get the surgery um which would be my concern so i i would strongly advise trying to trade him now Okay, a couple guys have reached out to us too. It's it's I guess an opportunity to trade. Um, I mean, obviously, the thing with him though is if you were responsible drafting, 
you have Madison. I mean, I hope you have Madison at that point. He's a high-end handcuff, probably going to step right in. Playing the Saints this week, 26th in rush defense. I mean, Cook started to look okay, but definitely something to monitor, Tom. So, okay, we will check that out and looking to trade Cook if possible. Okay. How about Tua? Tua Tagovailoa. Um, he looked... <laughs> you wrote about this in your article, Sam. Looked like he had a concussion. I mean, I don't know. There was some sketchy stuff going on. There was an investigation launched. He came out, right? And then went right back in the game and they said, doesn't have a concussion. It's a back injury. What do we make of this, Sam? What's going on with Tua? Yeah, this one's uh, really interesting. Um, as I put in the article that I put out, uh, I posted the video to where he kind of stumbles, almost fall into the ground, and then he kind of gets back up and needs his uh, lineman to help kind of stabilize him. I don't know if he had a concussion. Nobody really knows. It's pretty much going to be impossible to find out. I don't think the team would ever admit it because then they'd be in big trouble if they did know that. Um, <clears throat> as we already know, the Dolphins have been kind of sketchy in the past, but that's that's all right. Um, as for if he's having like a back injury, possible ankle injury, it's going to be really tough to know whether or not he's going to play or not. He's listed as questionable right now. I think this is going to be one of those game time decision things. If he plays great, I would play him. If not, then obviously you got to sit him out. And it's really tough too, because then like, what do you do with guys like Waddle and Hill who have just been plug and play all year? It's tough. It's definitely a tough scenario. So something to monitor there. Even Edmonds, man, I think, I mean, we like to talk about, of course, buzzwords and fantasy, right? Sell high or, or buy low, all that stuff. I think Edmonds is a really good sell high candidate right now. He scored twice last week. So people that maybe didn't watch the game might look at his score and say, wow, he did well. Only had six carries. I mean, he's not as involved as, as maybe he should be or as fantasy owners would like. But coming off a two touchdown game, I think that's a pretty good sell high opportunity for us. Okay. You boys are the best. We are killing it. Rolling right through here on to David Montgomery, Tom. So th there's very vague reports on his ankle injury. What do we make of that? What, what's Montgomery's deal going forward here? So the reports have been an ankle or is it a knee or is it both? Uh, and then I've seen multiple reports that think it's a mild high ankle sprain. So we need to remember that with all injuries, there's a spectrum. It sounds like this is nowhere near the severity of Mac Jones's is high ankle sprain. Um, if that's what it is, uh, the, the way this could impact a runner is, as Sam kind of alluded to, the, the, what a high ankle sprain is, is an injury of the ligaments that hold the tibia, the big shin bone, and the fibula, the smaller one, together. And there needs to be some motion there, but not, not a lot. And sometimes what happens with a high ankle sprain is now there's a lot of motion there and that, that shin is no longer stable or able to become rigid to push off of. So that could potentially impact a, a running back's quickness, power, and things like that because as he plants on the ground, he's not able to generate quite as much force. But if it's just mild, I wouldn't expect it to really impact things at all. Um, running backs average a decline of 1.1 fantasy points in their first game back, which is not much at all. 35% of them meet or exceed their pre-injury baselines. And on average, they miss about 2.2 games. So you, you always hear in the media, oh, high ankle sprain, four to six week injury. And a lot of times it is if it's severe enough. But if running backs are averaging only 2.2 games missed, that's not four to six weeks. And in David Montgomery's case, it does not appear that it, he's going to miss very much time at all. My concern is more that his his uh, backup, Khalil Herbert, looks better than him. So, dude, I think he looks so good. So I have good. been saying it. I really have. He's better than Montgomery. That's another like situation, dude. Yeah, I think it, it's we're going to see this becoming pretty a pretty similar split to New England or to Green Bay with both of them getting a lot of work. I think I think they definitely should. And pair that with what we talked about earlier, how Justin Fields is going to throw the ball 11 times, 15 times. They are going to hand off the toe. Dude, Herbert, 20 for 157 and two touchdowns last week. I mean, that's unbelievable. Almost 7.9 yards a carry. Like, he looks good, man. Another crazy stat I found, he is only behind two players. There's a new the amount of stats they come up with now. There's a stat, fantasy points per touch. So I guess it's an efficiency measure. Number one in the NFL is Swift. Number two is CEH. And number three is Khalil Herbert. So every number time two he, is who? 
CEH. Are you kidding? Really? I think it's a good chance to sell high on him too, dude. He's not even even playing 50% of the snaps. The guy's barely on the field, but he's efficient. He's very efficient. But Herbert's 1.28 fantasy points per touch. That's pretty good. That's right. Really you, get, you give him 15 touches, he's going to have 15 points for you. We're actually going to have more than more. that. He's going to have almost 20 points. So Matt's never been the specialty. Okay, on to a New York guy. That's who why actually, you teach history. And we'll say that every show, and it is a factual thing. On to a Jet. I actually went to go see the Jets game this past Sunday with a couple boys, and uh, a lot of fun, but watching the Jets this time wasn't so fun. Um, but Zach Wilson... Is he fully recovered? What are we looking at, Sam? Had the meniscus tear. Is he back? Are we looking for him to play this week? Uh, yeah, I think he is back. I'm pretty sure the team said he's going to play, and he said himself he's up at uh, 100%. Um, I don't think the question is going to be whether or not the meniscus tear really affects him. I think it's just going to be his regular old athletic self and if his skills can keep up at the NFL level. Um, <clears throat> from an injury standpoint, we don't have a ton of data. Um, meniscus debridements especially in quarterbacks but with the other positions we really don't see a decline in their fantasy performance so i would expect him to be ready to go i wouldn't think his injury is going to really affect him as he's playing um as i've mentioned in the past i kind of expected him to be back, be back a little sooner so the fact that he's been out for four weeks is another reason that i don't have any worries about him being ready for this week um as i mentioned so whether or not he can kind of keep up and provide for all the receivers. His highest attempts last year, I just looked this up, was 42 passing attempts versus Joe Flacco so far this year. He's had 59, 44, and 52 passing attempts. So there's definitely going to be a decline in production for the receivers. The question is just how much. Okay. I mean, there's a lot out there of like, oh, it's Elijah Moore season now that Zach Wilson's coming back or Garrett Wilson's going to have regression. Like this might be the first time that I can remember in a long time where there's a lot of interesting pieces on the Jets for fantasy football, at least, right? Garrett Wilson, the rookie wide receiver 15 right now and half point PPR, 14 points a game. Elijah Moore has stunk, but I think he's poised to break out. He's so good. Brees Hall's look pretty damn explosive. Michael Carter's not going anywhere. Tyler Conklin, Ty, wish, we wish that he turned this into more efficient usage, but tied for the third most among tight ends with 24 targets. He's got the same amount of targets this year as Kelsey, guys. Definitely used in that offense. Um, I'm going to put you guys on the spot before our next player. Which one Jets uh, skills position player is going to score the most fantasy points the rest of the year? Garrett Wilson. Sam? Brees Hall. I want to be bold and say Elijah Moore, but it's just not. It's Brees Hall. I think it's Brees Hall. Time will tell, folks. All right, a couple more left for uh, Tom here. I'm on Ross St. Brown, ankle sprain. Um, fortunately, doesn't look to be so severe. Um, is he looking okay for this week? Yeah, it's reported as minor. He did not practice today. This is Wednesday, but that's likely just precautionary. Uh, they don't sound overly concerned and wide receivers average only in a, a decline of one point um, when they return from an ankle sprain and 41% are able to meet or exceed their pre-injury baseline averages. Amon Ra accounts for 33% of Detroit's passing yards so far. If he's out there, even if he's a little bit hampered, he's still going to get a lot of targets and be very productive. He's a guy... I have exactly zero shares of and a guy that I, of course, regret not picking. He's looking like the league winner this year, man. He's looking like, I mean, it's early, it's super early, but he's looking like a guy like Cooper Cup was last year or even another guy like James Robinson this year. I mean, he is, you guys see what he did in the press conference, how he was talking about I love it. I love it. Oh, my Lord. Who is the player he was talking Um, crap about? The Washington guy. Just someone that he got drafted before. He got drafted Um, out. They got drafted before. Or after, yeah. He's like, yeah, I didn't really didn't see him on the field too much. I'm like, oh my god, Damini absolute... Brown. Oh, Dynami. Dynami uh, yeah. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> talk about a savage. He he is one of them. Okay. Sam J.K. Dobbins. Um, finally back from the ACL tear. I mean, honestly, man, didn't look so good last week. But of course, he's still getting work back in. Seven carries for 23 yards. Lamar, talk about another league winner. He continues to tear it up. What's uh, what's the deal with Dobbins? Yeah, I think. 
Uh, unfortunately, you're probably going to have to still sit Dobbins for at least another week. I don't think we can fully say that he's going to have a full workload yet. I think it's definitely coming. It's just a matter of when. I think it's probably better for fantasy managers if you miss one week of his good performance. That I mean, at least you don't post a dud and get zero points. Um, <clears throat> I looked it up just now. In 2020, back when he was kind of going off for the first time, he was receiving around like 11, 13, 14 touches, 15 touches when he was doing really well. So when he's down at seven, I don't necessarily know if he'll have just enough volume to be worth a start, but I think it's coming soon. I think that's really well said. Maybe he's the type of guy that needs just more carries to kind of get going, but seven for 23, not so encouraging, but, uh, I think I agree with you there, Sam. Just sit him until we see something. Justice Hill looked good. I don't even know if he's worth a pickup at this point, but the coach was talking about him a little bit. He was six for 60, said he was running like something. I forget what he said. Maybe get ahead of the curve. If you have an open roster spot, I wouldn't drop any anybody crazy for him, but I picked him up in my home league just to have him just in case, but we're hoping to see JK kind of work back in. All right, really unfortunate news for the Giants really a, another type of freak injury, non-contact Sterling Shepard has an ACL tear, right, Tom? I mean, it, what are we blaming on this man? The turf or did he just step wrong? Like what's, what did you see on that? It, I mean, it, I'm sure it's a collection of things, but I think the important thing here is that I believe this was the very last play of the game. Is that correct? Or at least close to it. It was really it. late in the game. And there, he was just not, I don't even think he was involved in the play. No, he was just running. Nobody was touching yeah. him. He wasn't going for the ball or anything. Um, unfortunately, we see a lot of these non-contact injuries late in the game because their players are fatigued. Um, injury rates across every sport are higher at the end of the game or end of the match. And one thing to consider here is this is the same leg that he had his Achilles tear just nine months ago. So with that, he's likely still regaining his strength and his muscular endurance on that entire left leg. So that side's going to fatigue quicker than the right, which, like we just said, fatigue is a huge risk factor for injury, for a misstep that could cause this type of injury. The other thing is, I, I would I would guess, I don't, I can't say this for certain, but I would guess that his left ankle is not quite as mobile as his right, which is going to affect the way he absorbs shock on that side, especially when he's fatigued. So... That's just some of the thoughts I had that that there may be a link between his previous injury of the Achilles and, and this freak accident. It's really unfortunate, um, and we hope that he can get a, get surgery soon and get, get to rehabbing. Uh, the good news is this is only week three, so he'll have plenty of time to be ready for week one next year. Yeah, a lot of really good information there. I guess I never used to fully understand like why players were like injury prone, but just, just being your friend, Tom and Sam, I'm starting to learn. Like it, it really, it genuinely makes sense. Like your, your, another body part is hurt and you're overcompensating and it leads to you not doing something fundamentally correct or walking or running or stepping wrong. So it's really unfortunate, man. I mean, just, just some fantasy implications quickly. Richie James, I mean, he gets a bunch of targets there. I mean, I don't know if he's a very high-end play. Maybe a guy you stash, he'll get you seven, eight points. Galladay, I should have put him on my segment at the beginning. He had three targets and zero catches. Just I don't want to even look at him. Kadarius Tony, I don't know what his deal is. He's got to get healthy. I think he'd be a top 25 receiver if he was ever healthy. But let me just ask you guys this because I'm genuinely confused. I don't know if you guys know, but why do people complain about the turf so much? Like, what's the difference between... People want, I understand maybe it's a little more slippery, but people want grass. Why do we see more injuries on turf? Uh, I could touch on this a little bit. I actually did some research on this uh, because I had some patients asking me back when I was doing my sports residency. Um, So basically what the research shows on the turf versus grass is basically, it's pretty much impossible to really know if you're going to get hurt on turf or not because all the turfs are have such different depths to it so one field might have a depth of half an inch versus another field might have a depth of three quarters of an inch and that combined with the player like the depth of the actual cleat um so pretty much if the cleat gets stuck into the turf then it's going to cause some sort of torsional injury maybe an acl tear or something like that but it's pretty much impossible to 
plan for that or change your cleats, something like that. That's really would be the only option. Um, as compared to grass, basically the difference is that if you if you kind of pivot or cut or change direction into the grass and you get stuck, the grass and the mud or the dirt underneath it might move away and then you might just kind of like sprain your ankle or fall to the ground, something like that versus in the turf, if the cleat gets stuck in it, it may cause you to kind of twist in a weird way and get injured that way. Mind blown. I mean, it, I've never had a clue. I know the players complain about it a lot, but it's just really sad to see that there is a lot more injuries, it seems like, on turf. And prayers up for Shepard, man. Good guy, good football player, and we're hoping to see him back. Okay. A couple players left. Some major players, though, uh, still left on our show here. So, Sam, Joe Mixon, a minor ankle injury. Um, to me, had a down game against the Jets, but I really don't have any concerns in terms of his talent and skill and situation. But are we concerned with the ankle injury at all? Uh, I am not concerned at all. He's actually was listed as a full participant in practice uh, today, and he's expected to play completely full tomorrow. So I don't really necessarily think we have to talk about it. We keep it simple. We move on. I think Tom keeps putting this guy on our show because he just wants to talk about him. Tom, does Michael Thomas really have a toe injury or do you just want to talk about how good he is at football? He does have a toe injury. It does not sound like it's too serious, though. Um, See, I knew it. A very, very minor injury, right? Tom knew it. Well, it's still an injury, isn't it? And we are the fantasy injury team. All right. Fair um, enough. I don't expect this to impact him too much. You know, he's not a burner type of receiver. We've talked about this. He's not going to beat you sprinting. He's going to beat you by setting you up with his, with the way he runs his routes. He's got a big body and he's got terrific hands. So if this impacts his explosiveness at all, it's not going to affect him as much as it would some other players. So he's still go ahead and start him. All right. Good to go. Hoping that Winston is, uh, is feeling pretty good too. Okay. Lastly, for you, Sam, we've got uh, the hamstring crew, a very, very, I guess, popular is not the word. Common might be the better word, injury. So we have a bunch of players dealing with hamstring injuries. You could talk about maybe the injuries or how you feel about any of these guys, but Keenan Allen dealing with the hamstring. Looks like he has a good chance to play, but some of you guys at home mentioned and want to know about Kadarius Toney, um, Rondell Moore, even Chris Godwin, who, who has a plethora of injuries, it seems like. But what's the deal with the hamstring crew, Sam? Yeah, so for Keenan Allen, um, <clears throat> the team has said that they're expecting him to practice throughout the week, and obviously the goal is to play on Sunday. I still am kind of nervous about Keenan Allen headed into week four. I I don't have the most confidence in his ability to get back for this week. It would only be three weeks out from the injury. Depending on severity of the injury, 21 days is kind of around when he might be maybe ready to go. So I definitely don't think he would be 100% if he is playing. So that may be a bad thing. He may be out there as a decoy. Um, Dude, they need so, him. They need Keenan bad, man. They do Just... need him. That's that's a good point. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they push him into the lineup, even if it's for a couple catches here and there. But I would probably expect him to be on some sort of snap count. So it's going to be a, a kind of a tricky one to decide if you're starting him, sitting him. We'll obviously pay attention to it throughout the week, but if he doesn't practice in full by Friday, I'd be pretty nervous about starting him. Okay. Any other fantasy implications for these other guys? I mean, I've had Rondell Moore stashed on my team. He's actually finally limited in practice, but this guy, Greg Dortch, is that even how you say the last name boys? Oh, he's, he's been great. He's been, who the hell is this guy? He's been awesome. Like he, I want Rondell Moore to come back and be good, but like he's been, Greg Dortch has been good in the slot. So I'm like a little bit nervous about it, but they did hype Rondell Moore up a lot, so that's why I'm kind of waiting and seeing. But any other implications, Tom? Godwin or Tony Moore well, or anything? Any I think thoughts? the thing to consider here, these guys, all four that you mentioned, uh, Alan Moore, Tony, and Godwin, this would be their first game back from this injury where, and remember, this is the injury that we have the largest sample size on our, on our, our stats for. I believe it's up to like 57 wide receivers now. And only 28% of them meet or exceed their pre-injury fantasy point baseline. That's not very many. That's out of these four guys, one of them will will meet their their average. And we see a decline of 2.5 fantasy points on average, which is somewhat significant. Um, I mean, it's not like five points, but it's still they're likely to play worse than you're used to them playing. Um, 
Rondell Moore, I, I would be excited to see because I think, you know, Kyler looks like he's, he, he could really use some help there. We talked about before the season started how we were a little concerned about how the Giants were going to manage Tony's injury because of that. We talked about that video. Um, I think it was a week before the season started where he really did not look good at all. He could not cut or push off of that hamstring. And I, it seems like they did not manage his injury well. They brushed him back too fast, and now they're paying for it. Um, so he's one that I would be concerned that it may continue to re-aggravate because we've already seen that once this season for him. Whereas Moore has been on the shelf, more now and been on the shelf for a while now. So hopefully they've been managing that, that injury a little bit more properly. Um, Godwin, of course, is also recovering from the ACL. So he's really got two things going on. However, situationally, if he does play, he has a nice, nice setup because the rest of the receivers on his team are injured. And they play Kansas City this week, so that's probably going to be a shootout. So out of any of these guys, I almost would would want Godwin. If all four of them play, I think it would be Godwin that I would pick. Okay, some some good insight there. I mean, it's hard to sit these guys when you've been waiting for so long. Um, you know, I think Tony's a must sit the next time that he's back. Rondell Moore, wait and see. Godwin, people are going to be tempted to play, man, but we've seen. Numbers don't lie. That hamstring injury is common. We've seen it a bunch. So I would sit him if he's back, wait and see. But you got to kind of monitor your own teams. Okay. Our last two injuries, and then we're on to some, some two two different segments. We still got some fun to be had here, but getting to the, uh, the latter part of our show here. So are these the same injury, Tom? Julio Jones and Dalton Schultz, PCL injuries? Am I yes, reading this right? They, they both have minor, what's being reported as minor PCL injuries. If you remember last week's show, we talked about how grade three PCL Injury is going to need surgery, but grades one and two really don't because the PCL, it has more of a backup role as far as stabilizing the knee. The issue here is getting the pain and swelling down because both pain and swelling are going to inhibit function and uh, make the player slower, less agile, and increased risk of injury. Um, as long as those are under control, I see no reason for these guys to have any impact on their performance. With Julio, we just talked about how all of Tampa's receivers are injured. so. Whoever's out there is going to get targets. Lots they, of they always have the most comical injury reports. Their entire team just sitting. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, what, what did Gage do last week, right? 12 for 87. 15 targets for Gage. Remember the beginning of the summer, man? We were sitting in June. You were June. so hype on him. Oh, I was like, Gage, Gage, Gage. And I got Julio. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I really want him anymore. And now Gage is looking great. Of course, that's how things go. But I, I want to see Julio play again, man. He's just so much fun to watch. Yeah, and and Schultz, I mean, I wouldn't expect him to be too impacted either, um, particularly because he's not as explosive of a player as Julio. He's more, I mean, he is a pretty athletic tight end, but still being a tight end, he uses his size as a, as a big advantage. And if you drafted Schultz, you probably don't have another option. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's the tight ends on the waivers are not, not that attractive. Yeah, you just play him, but... Yeah, back to Julio as we conclude with the injuries section here. The Bucks, man, they have been carried by their defense. It's so weird to see a Brady-led offense. They're 28th in total yards, only through three games, but 22 in passing yards, 25th in rushing, and 22nd in points. So obviously injuries playing a big role there, but the fact that they still look good with all of these injuries and those numbers makes me think the Bucs are still going to be in it in the long run, as much as I hate to say that. So, all right. Awesome job, boys. You guys, uh, you clearly did your homework. A pluses for both of you. Excellent work. And uh, we are on to uh, two more segments. This one's going to be quick, but it's a new segment that we have. It is called, ladies and gentlemen, Stink or Brink. Going to list some players here that have been struggling. I might have a personal vendetta against a couple of them, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, that'll be seen. So we're going to go around. We're not even going to really talk about the players too much unless Sam or Tom, you guys want to mention anything, anything that stands out to you guys. But we'll go uh, We'll go Tom first and then Sam and then me. And you're just going to say one or two words. Stink or Brink? Does this player stink and have we lost faith in them? Is this a guy who we're not confident, not necessarily saying we're dropping them, but maybe moving them to the bench and we just don't have faith in or brink? Are they on the brink of a breakout? Do we see good things coming? And you guys at home, listen, fun activity. This is like a, it's like a classroom do now. Play at home with us. Shout it out in your car. Shout it out at your 
while you're making dinner, whatever you're doing, see if you match with what we say or if you have different opinions. So here we go. Tom, you are first. We'll go Tom, Sam, me. Stinker Brink, DJ Moore. He's wide receiver 60, averaging only 6.8 a game, Tom. Brink. I allowed to go. Yeah. See, this guy is, a, I just gave you, you an get, A+. You got to raise your hand, Sam. I gave him an A+, and now he's tuned out. Sam, just go right no, up I wasn't top. tuned out. I was waiting. Uh, stink. <laughs> wow. I'm going Brink. I like him, and that's just because I have him. Okay. Darnell Mooney, wide receiver, 114, averaging. Oh, my God. Drum roll, 1.6 points per game. Tom, what do you got? Oh, he stinks. Yeah, he stinks. Stinks out loud. Get him away from me. Don't want to look at him ever again. <laughs> Allen Robinson, wide receiver. And of course, this is all half point PPR. Wide receiver, 66, 6.1 points per game. Um, I think he he brink, but not by much. Brink, back it up. Back up that brink's truck. Uh, big stink. Big stink for me. I am out on him. Um, okay, some different players. Debo Samuel, not a great start. Wide receiver, 27, only 11.4 points per game, Tom. If you think he stinks, you need to go home. He's about to ball out. Yeah, I agree. Brink. All right. I'm with him. I'm on Brink. Travis Etienne, guy that I tried to trade for in my home league. Bruno said no. So I want to say stink. I'm going to say he's Brink. But what do you guys think? He's uh, running back 37, only 7.8 points per game. Travis Etienne. He looks so good when he gets the ball, though. I think he's on the Brink. Stink. Yeah, take that, Bruno, if you're listening. Stink, Sam says. I do think he's on the brink, though. He's just so good when he touches it. Okay, Elijah Moore hasn't looked good at all. Wide receiver, 64, 6.4 points per game. He's on the brink. Stink. Sam really feeling the stink today. Um, I sure am. These guys suck. (laughs) (laughs) See, the, The crazy thing is this could be like somebody's fantasy team. It's just always... It's funny to go on Twitter and like the day, like Monday or Tuesday, and you see the team with that has like 21 points scored. And it's like all the guys that were just awful. But listen, I think Elijah Moore is on the brink, man. We got Zach Wilson coming back. He has to be. He's that good. Okay. Five more rolling right through AJ Dillon running back 27. Not a good start. 9.9 points per game. I don't think he stinks, but for fantasy, I'm going to go stink. I'm going to go stink just for this week because he actually popped up as limited in practice today with a knee injury. Don't really know what's going on there, but I'm going to go stink for this week. Rest of the season, Brink. All right. I'm a Brink guy on him. I like him like his usage from last year and his overall talent, especially in the passing game. James Conner, running back 31. Man, drafting a running back early this year just didn't seem to be it, huh? Unless you got Saquon Barkley. Uh, RB 31, nine points per game for James Conner. I'm out on him. Stink. I'm going to go stink until D-Hop comes back. I'm stink as well. I'm out on him. I think that uh, Call of Duty is coming out soon. We know what that means for Kyler Murray. <laughs> uh, and we know what that means for their offense. So I'm, out, I'm going stink. Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver, 50. Stink. 7.6 points per game. That man couldn't needs even, some deodorant. Couldn't he even get some, the stats out. That man needs some deodorant. I'll go with you, Stink. Uh, our friend Vin likes to call him Poo Poo Smith Poopster. Uh, he would also probably would say the stinky. same. Yeah. So I'm going sounds st- like it would stink. I'm going Stink as well. Last two, fellas. Gabe Davis. Man, brink. Highly touted. Big Brink. Wide receiver, 57. But he's only played two games. Yeah. I'll go with Brink as well. Big time Brink. All right. I'm going to change over. I said Stink, but it's not true. He's on the Brink. And how about my boy? And by my boy, I mean just not. Russell Wilson, QB 23, 12.6 points per game. Yeah, we're not riding brink or stink. I got to go brink. I mean, he's got to figure it out at some point. I refuse to believe he's this bad. So brink. Having a hard time with it too, but stink. Figure it out, Russell Wilson. Okay. Thanks for playing, everybody. Hope you had a great time today. Um, our last segment, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I've only have one player for each, but... It is our start sit segment. Um, listen, you guys, another thing you guys can participate in. Send us your tweets, man. Have some fun with it. Send us a message on Instagram. Give us your starts and sits. I didn't do as bad last week, boys. And Tom, we're going to talk about your fire take in a minute. Uh, how 
shooting off uh, fake guns in the air. He said to sit Eckler, and Eckler, what, he had four carries for five yards or something like that? Holy moly. Good for you, Tom. Um, But enough of you. Enough of you. I'm heating up a little bit. I had a little bit of a better week, but let me give you guys my start of the week, and it's Romeo Dobbs. Dude was hyped up all summer at training camp. Um, had five targets, then three targets last week with Watkins out, jumped to eight, caught all eight targets for 73 yards and a touchdown, had 17.3 fantasy points last week, led all Packers last week with 34 routes run, and Dobbs played 90% of the snaps. I'll take that all day in a Rodgers offense. Rodgers had a lot of positive praise for him. I'm trying to look for ways to get him in my lineup, so I'm all in rest of season and this week as well on Romeo Dobbs. I am sitting Henry Ruggs because he is currently in jail. Now, uh, yeah, he should be sitting. Uh, sorry, the, the dark joke here, or maybe not. I'm going back to the well, boys. I'm going to sit Miles Sanders. Plays the Jaguars in week four. Tom, didn't Eckler play the Jags last week? Was that your oh, thinking? Oh, he did. This might be the new thing. The Jags guys through three games have only allowed Three games, 165 rushing yards, 3.1 yards a carry, no rushing touchdowns. They held, Gibson did okay, 14 for 58. JT, only nine carries for 54 yards. Tom Eckler, four carries for five yards. Last week, Sanders didn't even really look good. 15 carries, only 46 yards. I think if he doesn't score for you, he's not useful. I'm not banking on a score. So I am in on Dobbs, out on Sanders. And I know, guys, Sam has to uh, have a bold take. We'll let him go last, though. Tom, how the heck do you come back from saying sit Eckler and nailing that? What do you got for us this week? Oh, well, for the record, the week before, I sat Ramondre Stevenson, who didn't do very well either. I'm all in on you. Oh, and I just got a notification, boys. This is important. Aaron Judge just hit his 61st home run. Real important stuff as we're we're recording the show. Um, That's not football. That's definitely not football, <laughs> but he hit his 61st home run. All right, Tom, shut me up and talk to me about your starts. I'm going to talk about another athlete that plays in New York or for New York, even though this is in New Jersey. Uh, we've talked about him already. Elijah Moore. He's got his quarterback back. Pittsburgh's defense is not what it's been in the past without TJ Watt. And Elijah Moore's had at least an 87% snap count in every game so far. He's out there. He's open. Flacco just wasn't throwing it to him. Wilson's going to feed him and he's going to go off this week my sit this week is uh, another guy we've talked about with with a little bit of an injury concern but doesn't seem too significant but joey's on your least favorite offense right now david montgomery it's it's not just the injuries we talked about how you know how it's not super significant doesn't really impact running back stats that much it's more the khalil, khalil herbert emergence i think he's going to continue to demand carries demand being on the field and if he's outproducing Montgomery, they're going to keep giving it to him. They can't throw the ball. That's for damn sure. So they might as well give it to the running back that's moving the ball. I like it, Tom. I'm, I'm in on that, man. So you're sitting Montgomery and you're playing Elijah Moore. Correct. And are you starting Aaron Judge? Well, <laughs> I would hope so if I played fantasy baseball. All right. In the future, uh, we will be expanding to some other sports. But that's a talk for another time. Wrap up our show for us, Sam. What do you got for? We need like a drum roll. We need some special effects here. You have to be bold. You ha- you don't have to be dumb, but you have to be bold. What do you got for us? All right. Well, the, the, my start is not that bold, but I'm just going to go with, uh, well, I don't know, maybe. I'm just going to go with Rashad Penny this week. I know you took him last week, but he's playing Detroit this week. Travis Homer just went out on IR, so now they're probably down to mostly just Penny and, and Ken Walker. Uh, Ken Walker doesn't seem to be into Penny's touches too much right now. And Penny still saw 14 attempts last week. He just hasn't found the end zone yet. So hopefully he finds that this week. All right. And what do you got for us? This for my sit. I actually pivoted mid show. I don't know if this is bold for you. If it, if it's not bold enough, I'll go back. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Mike Williams. Uh, Herbert is still recovering from his uh, rib cartilage injury. Keenan Allen might be back. Joshua Palmer has kind of been eating into his touches. So I'm going to sit Mike Williams this week. Is that bold enough? I'll allow it. All right. Damn. So I have Romeo Dobbs and Mike Williams in my home league. I just said to start Dobbs and I just said to sit Mike Williams. uh, Or you just said to sit Mike Williams. 
Hey, <sighs> boys, we will talk next Wednesday and figure it out. All right. You guys got anything else? That was, it's always so much fun. Every time we wrap up the podcast, I'm like, that was so fun. Can we do that again tomorrow? I don't know if there's much not to talk about, but <laughs> pleasure boys, as always. Any, any closing remarks? Uh, no, I'm good. Go Brian Hoyer. <laughs> there you go. And of course, guys, we thank you so much for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. We're the Fantasy Injury Team, and we will see you next time.